All right, I'm not sure. There we go. Yeah, I'm changing slides. All right, so um, so we left when we last left off. This is the comment we were leaving off with. There's not a human on earth who does not have the royal and priestly status of the image of God. Because remember, it says uh, God created them, male and female. He created it in his image, right? That's what it says right there in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. But it doesn't say, oh, well, just these select people are the image of God. This person is, or this type of person is, or only these ones, or only the males, or only the females, or the, only the Israelites. Or, none of that has come about yet. None of that kind of thinking has come about yet. It's all people are the image of God. I think that's something special. Now we can reject the idea of being his image and represent something else, most of the time ourselves. I mean, isn't that what happens when, when they said you can be like God? They want to represent themselves as in the God form, not the one who made them, not the image they're supposed to be. They want to represent themselves as their own idol. Um. And so, but but I think there's something really equalizing in in this that um, that they were created that we're all every human is the image of God. Uh, we uh, have but to accept that and um, and rule um, in God's in God's control, uh, which does. Um, yeah. All right. So, like I said, we're finishing up from last week's lesson. So, I'll try to back up just a tad. But um, one of the things we were talking about is the um, image of God. A lot of times we think about things like, well, image of God represent. You know, we have souls, or we have laughter, or we're made in community, or, or you know, all the all these different things. But Really, what they're thinking about when they have so the one of the first things they're thinking about is that they are the the statue. They're thinking of those when they say image. They're thinking of a statue. They're the idol of God. The human beings are the idol of God that He has chosen to represent them. And the idol that that we, we the statue that would represent Him. Well, He made one for Himself, and that was human beings, living, talking, thinking, breathing, choosing human beings. And um, and so that's that's what they're um, we're talking about, and we see a lot of this um, this this uh, this this language throughout the Bible that we are His image, we are the idols, we are um, the to take the place, we are the the one that represents God. I mean, um, in there, I'm not sure I unlocked that back door. Mike, can you uh, unlock that? I think I forgot to unlock it. Um, sorry about that. Um, thank you. Um, so yeah, so we're we're talking about that human now. In um, now, this is kind of cool. In ancient um, uh, in ancient Mesopotamian culture, 
um, the statues of the gods, because remember, like we were talking about, how they would have thought they would have their image, the the images they would have thought of would have been just like the people around them. Were the statues? They had statues. Were the statues? And if you want more more on that, more elaboration on that, go see last week and the week before on on LaughlinChurch.com. We already had that discussion, but they would have thought that that discussion. But in as the, the, the Mesopotamians, when they were creating these statues, the statues themselves went under this, this uh, ritual called, um, and I'm going to probably mispronounce this, I do not speak uh, Akkadian very well, um, mis, mispi, which means mouth washing, and pitpi, which means mouth opening. Um, anyways, the... It, accompanied by the different rituals and incarnations and blessings in which the deity, um, the present, became one with the statue. And these, uh, thank you, Lene, these, sta- uh, these statues um, were thought to have gone through this, they, they went through this purification and this, uh, you know, uh, activating ritual so that they could represent the gods. And, um, and remember, we're talking, when we read Gen- the beginning of Genesis, we've got we to gotta put ourselves that the way they were thinking in the cosmology they were thinking with their ex- ex- you know, encyclopedia they were thinking. And it doesn't always match up with ours. Um, but, um, you know, so, uh, but they would have these statues, uh, the ancient Mesopotamian people would have, you know, the, the not, the not Israelites would have these statues, and they'd put them through these rituals, and, um, and and it would effectively consider them to be the god. Now, if you destroy the statue, you're not destroying the god, but there was some kind of essence right there. This represent this after this ritual, it became the god, and um, and, and it was. Uh, and, and after the so the statue had be, it was become it was no longer referred to as image. Instead, it was referred to by the name of the god or the goddess of that image. It was that it represented. It. This was Evotep. This was Horus. This was Baal. This was Maat. Uh, you, this was you know. And we can name all kinds of you know all kinds of them. But this statue represents. Not just represents. It is them in a very real sense. And um, and it was clothed, and they fed these statues, and they cleansed it on a daily basis. And we still see this kind of behavior in some areas of the world today. Um, I have a, a friend who is in uh, grew up in West Africa, Benin, West Africa. I started lived there for a while as well. Um, but he used to go and see where they would uh, put food to their to Legaba, which is the messenger god in the Yoruba religion of Benin. Um, and so they would f- bring food for the god, and it was the statue. They knew the statue wasn't the god, but it very much in a way was the god uh, that, it rep- so that it represented. It was this kind of very real thing. And so they still, even today, bring food for Legoba. Um, now, he said it was funny because they'd stay up late and watch the dogs come eat all the food. And, um, but in the morning, they'd wake up and say, see, Legoba has been here. Um, 
watch the dogs eat the food. Um, but they, you know, they really thought that Legobo was eating the food. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, but the, the, but it, so you still, even, even today, you still have very much this, this is, um, and we see some of this in other kinds of thinking as well. Um, like a, a jersey. You guys put on that jersey, right? Now all of a sudden, Kobe! You're not Kobe. But it represents, I mean, people, I am now I'm Kobe, you know? Um, um, it, it, there's this, this very much this, this way of thinking and, uh, that, that happens. And, um, but in the ancient world, these statues were clean, clothed, fed, cleaned on a daily basis as if they were alive. And this ritual of trans, uh, transformation, um, the image did not stand for, but actually was a manifestation in which they represented. Um, I read, yeah, we'll read this quote. Um, the image in the ancient Mesopotamia should not be uh, conceptualized. It didn't transfer. There it is. The image of message should not be conceptualized as mere statues or monuments because modern conception of uh, portrayer are often too attached to those ideas. The ancient image, Hebrew Salem and Akalim Salum, Salmu, uh, Salum, Mu, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, is not a replica after the transformation uh, ritual. The image becomes an extension or manifestation as uh, of the referent. And this is from uh, a, a book on the subject. Um, the relationship between the divine image and the presence of God in Genesis 1. Um, anyways. That you'd only read if you were a geek like me. Um uh, uh, but Uh, well, I mean, that's very possible. Um, well, they, they, I mean, like I said, these, these, like even today when we're talking about Legba, I'm sure is what you're talking about. Uh, Legba, um, Legos, and another, another, um, another form of Lego, Le, Legos, same, same thing, uh, different dialect. Um, they, uh, um, we in the New Testament, it would be a demon. We, the, the demos was any. Uh, we often say, well, it's a specific type of, you know, angel that was fallen, or the manifestation. And there's there's room for that kind of thinking. But the easiest thing to say is that anything that is not Yahweh and that takes away our our worship is a demon. So all the ancient gods would have been seen as demons. Zeus, demon. Jupiter, demon. Baal, Negba, demon. Um, 
you know, you're right. And so, um, and so, like, we can get into, like, nitty-gritty about where they come from and, like, what we, the different opinions on that. And there might be time for that another day. Um, but uh, not, that's not really today's focus. But, uh, um, but, we, but we, can, uh, we can say that uh, anything that's... So when they, we, they worship Legwa, they're worshiping a demon. Um, uh, whether that's an actual like a demon or whatever, that's, that's not the point. The fact is that it's worshiping something that isn't God. Well, yeah, yeah, he, and uh, he was riffing off some of these ideas. Actually, uh, but there's something else I wanted to get into while I brought up Mish, Mishpi and uh, uh, Pitspi, okay? It's kind of cool. Check this out. Genesis chapter 2, chapter 7. Okay. Then the Lord formed man out from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. The man became a living being. Uh, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden to work it and watch over it. We have here the same kind of imagery that the Mesopotamians would have been using for their little idols, whether it be a little idol or a big idol or whatever, for their idols. The same kind of imagery where they have the mouth-breathing Rituals, mouth washing and mouth breathing rituals. It's the same imagery. And here in Genesis chapter 2, God's saying, I did that. I put myself, you are my representation. In a very real sense, I'm, you, you are I, I, there. I mean, that's because it's, it's, it's the same imagery that the ancient Mesopotamians... Because remember, they would have been using the same imagery in the way they were thinking as the people around them. We like to separate... We like to say, well, there was the Jews and the Christians, and they were like way over here, and they didn't think anything like everyone else that was around them. That's just not how the world works. Even today, you are strongly influenced by everything around you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You are an American. Uh, if you're living here in Laughlin, that means you're a transplant from somewhere else. <laughs> uh, for the most part, there's very few people that actually were born here that live here. Um, we are in the 21st century, which means we're in, we have, we've seen so much tra- uh, transition in our our, our, our digital age and the way we do things. and I mean, some of you are getting tired of replacing your musical collection with different things that are coming out. And, um, <laughs> all right? Yeah. Cartoons are coming through. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, so we're very much a product of the time, of the, of the where we lived. And, and so the imagery we see in the Bible often reflects the people around them. And see, when they're, they're saying, you are his image, and they say, we're breathing into you. They're saying the same kind of pattern that you do with your little image, God did with us. It's so much bigger. Your statue doesn't move. Your statue doesn't eat. Your statue doesn't... 
but God created something to represent himself that's so much greater. And, that's, and so I, I think that's, that's really awesome. Um, Uh, in the Ark of the Covenant, yeah. Um, well, we we said this last week. You you weren't here. Uh, I'll I'll make that this comment again. In the Ark of the Covenant, because it's actually a really cool covenant uh, comment. The Ark of the Covenant, the you know the stat, the box where you know you keep the Ten Commandments in, a little bit of the manna. You know, um, you have that. You know, you got the the cherub sitting on top of the. You know, with the. And you can't, you know, put it on a, uh, you know, uh, you can't put it on a cart. You know, you have to carry it. You can't, you know, put the altars. So, anyways, only once a year are people actually supposed to go into the holy of holies and actually see this, and only one guy does it, right? In the tradition of the people around them, there would have been a statue of the god that they're worshiping on that ark. In between the cherub, there would have been a, uh, an image of that. Uh, you know, whether you know. Uh, raw or any type or what you know whatever, uh, but once a year the emptiness is replaced by the idol, which is the high priest. <laughs> the high priest is the idol. The high priest is the idol that's that's in that space. We are in that space. Um, that's why there's no idol statue there is because he's already created one. It's us. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so uh, Genesis 2. Now, uh, now, yeah, so, so we actually, in Genesis chapter 2, we have this focus on the transformation of the clay statue formed. Um, the word formed there in this passage, uh, the Lord formed, Lord God formed, this is the standard word used for like working with clay in the Hebrew, um, into a living beings by this means of divine breath. And, uh, and it's then followed by a commission uh, to do the work of a priest in the Garden of Eden. Um, so this is the, the portrait of humans, the divine and royal image of Yahweh. Um, which is the claim, Psalms 8, you know, you, there's lots of other different places we can see this. Uh, actually, let's talk about some of these, these places where we can see the image of God in the storyline of the Bible. So we're going to leave Genesis, but we're still focused on image. We're going to go to some places, like the book of Daniel. I don't want to get distracted. It's easy to get distracted in Daniel. Very easy to go off. We're focusing on image of God here. So you guys help me out. <laughs> it's easy to get off and on track on that. Because um, we're still talking about the image of God. Humans. Um, as the story goes on, the image of God... Um, you know, we decide that we're not going to represent him. We're going to represent ourselves and become like God. And we've messed, done, done, mess up. And um, and God, you know, there's that whole uh, the fall narrative, and um, and after humans 
idolize their own image, um, they get banished from the garden to the realm of the beast. Now, when I say the beast, I'm not talking about the serpent. We're going to talk about that on another day. Let's not get distracted. We'll do that one another one. Um, that's another fun topic. Um, but but they're, they're deceived by a beast, and so they get sent to the realm of the beast. Um, and so that you know, that idea, if Genesis 1 is like an ideal template, then what we get in, in Genesis chapter 2 and 3 is the image that it's never really fully, fully recognized uh, because we don't really become the idol of God, we become an idol unto ourselves. Um, so from Genesis 3 onwards, we're like, I like the word less than human, right? Subhuman, maybe. We're not superhuman, we're subhuman. <laughs> we're less than human. We're not really living up to the, the, what we're supposed to be. So when, they, when you say things like, well, I'm only human, that's actually a lie. It's because you're less than human that you're doing this. Um, it's because uh, uh, you're not fully human. Uh, you're not really being that um, uh, it's, we're not, until we're renewed according to the image of Jesus Christ, that we get to be actual human. Um, so the humans become more and more like animals, and they're banished to the realm of the beast. And I think this is the imagery in Romans uh, 1, 18. I think this is the imagery Paul is riffing off of when he, you know, uh, and you can go read Romans 1, 18 later. Uh, the, you know, he, I think this is the same imagery he's riffing off of there. Um, but we're, we're told that one day uh, that there will become a seed from a woman who will uh, shoof, um, uh, will, um, um, will shoof the head of the snake, and, but the shoofing, the striking um, of the head of the snake will, um, will simultaneously go along with the snake striking uh, um, the, the future human. And this interplay of the coming seed and the descendants that, uh, that um, is, is like the whole story from now on out. We're going to see this same, the serpent and the, the play on the humans striking each other at the same time. We're going to see this throughout the rest of the Bible. That's kind of the, the story from here on out. Um, but we're, we're told that one day there will be a seed from a woman who will shoof the head of the snake um, and it will be like, but it will be like the, the fully realized time. And that's Jesus Christ. That's when it, the, the shoofing. Um, so, um, but it's never really attained in which the royal priesthood um, really, it never really gets to be there until like Jesus Christ, you know. Uh, so the royal priesthood role is going to go throughout this, uh, the seed of Abraham into multiple tribes, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob's 12 sons, you know. Um, you know, in Jacob's 12 sons, the, the, the first three strike out big time. So it's number four, Judah, that, uh, who gets the promise that the king is going to come from him. So David comes from the line of uh, you know, for Jesus comes from the land of Judah, and 
but it's actually son three who receives the promise of the line of the priesthood. That's Levi. Um, and so you get two different lines of characters in the Hebrew Bible who will be the, the representation of, the, of God. Judah and Levi. Um, and that's why, uh, like, you know, in, in the Genesis, like in Luke, you like have like this, well, he doesn't come from the, Levi, you know, the Messiah, you know, some people say he needs to come from the, the Levi tribe. He's like, no, he's from the line of Melchizedek, which is another topic that we're not getting into today. Um, um, but um, that, you know, so he's from the line of Melchizedek. Uh, that's why he doesn't have to be from the line of Levi, he's from the line of Judah. Um, and so, we, you know, we see these kind of thinking, the characters uh, um, going through and, uh, this whole thing and, um, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, all coming from the image of, of the seed. Um, uh, whether it's positive image uh, or, or a negative image. Uh, there are some positive images of the seed, right? They're not fully Jesus yet, but there's some positive images. And we see the same kind of language here, like uh, Genesis chapter 5. Um, this is a document containing the family record of Adam. On the day God created man, he made them in the likeness of God, created the male and female, and he created them in his blessing. Uh, he called them mankind. Adam was 130 years old when he, when he fathered a son, his likeness. Look at that. It's, he fathered in his likeness. So it's, it's, it's not in God's likeness anymore. It's in Adam's likeness now. Uh, he's, he's in likeness according to his image, and he named him Set. Um, so, but the seed does carry on through Set. Uh, you know, Adam and Eve's third son. Um, um, why is it Adam and Eve's third son? What's the story there? Because Cain killed Abel, right? That's another one we're not getting into today. Yeah, absolutely. The ultimate word we're trying to get to is the image that Christ created us. We're trying... All of our history is trying to get back to Genesis chapter 1. All of our history is trying to get back to Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to see, that's why we see in Genesis, in Revelation 20, 20 21, the, 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 the return, you know, all that language is goes back to Genesis chapter 1 because we're, that's our whole of our goal. It's <laughs> history does keep repeating itself. Um, there's this idea. Um, in in the Bible that that all the Bible is leading up to an ultimate climax, but you're going to see the same themes over and over and over and over again because it repeats itself until we reach that climactic moment when Jesus comes back and and we have this return back to Genesis chapter one. Uh, so absolutely nothing new under the sun. So um, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we see the same kind of image, father uh, and son. Um, so Set is the son of Adam and uh, the image of Adam. Um, 
Uh, actually, notice that Luke's genealogy, if you go back to Luke chapter 3, um, the genealogy of Jesus constructed a way of tracing Jesus as the Son of God all the way back to Adam. Um, you know, if Adam cons- uh, consisting of both male and female, remember I talked about in Genesis chapter 1, Adam is not the name yet. That happens later. Genesis, Adam is, means mankind. Uh, same word, different meaning. Uh, so if Adam, consisting of male and female, was the image of God called to rule and represent God in the world, then now Seth, as a descendant, are to identify with this promise as a future seed who will subdue the snake and rule over the world on God's behalf. And they're all, it's all trying to undo what happened in Genesis chapter 3. Um, and... And, and yeah, and this is the same imagery that they'll uh, like John and first, you know, in all of John and John, First uh, John, uh, three. They're always going to go back to this imagery, the same kind of painting picture that Jesus is the one who is f- fully recognizing the what Adam should have been. Um, and so, uh, the new Adam, um, the one who who should have been like that, who who didn't get, was overcome the animal-like forces of chaos um, in the world. That, that, um, and he did it by being struck, uh, which, you know, um, but, um, yeah, so we have these, these images. Um, I guess there is, you know, if we're, we look at like Moses, Moses was an image barrier of God. He was to represent God. Now, does Moses do a good job of it? Well, in parts of his career he does, in other parts not so good. Um, he's from the line of Levi. He represents God. Uh, he's, uh, he ends up being the iconic prophet. That's he's, we call him the proto-prophet. He's the one who represents like all prophets or trying to be like Moses. Um, um, but there's one book in the Hebrew Bible that really, the, the image of God really stands out. That's the book of Daniel. Now this is taken from part of the, the poster of the Bible Project. The Bible Project has all kinds of posters on every book of the Bible. Um, I don't know if you guys, I've, I use the Bible Project all the time. I love their artwork. Um, so... Uh, so if you're if you're interested, BibleProject.com, you can go to posters and you can see the full Daniel one. But this is just part of it. Um, but um, I just I just I want to point out a couple of things from the book of Daniel. I don't want to focus on Daniel. So watch ourselves. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but in, in the center section of the narrative of the book of Daniel, uh, which is, uh, um, you know, one through six, we're told in the opening lines of Daniel that this is the first wave of when Nebuchadnezzar came to besiege Jerusalem and capture the city. Um, Nebuchadnezzar comes in multiple, um, multiple waves to, cap, to, to take Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar is an Assyrian, uh, Babylonian king 
And he comes down and he conquers Jerusalem on a couple of different occasions. Uh, three different occasions, actually. Um, it was the third attack that he actually burns the city to the ground and destroys the temple. Daniel takes place before that. It's, uh, Daniel gets taken into captivity a couple of years before. Um, so... Um, yeah, so what he does is in Daniel, he, the, he, the king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the king ordered uh, that some of the, the chief eunuch bring some of the loyal Israelites. See, what the king did is, is he took some of the, the, the top brass, the high king, the, the people that had influenced, sons of diplomats, that kind of stuff, and took them and put them in his own courts so that Israel would fall in line. Um, and relocating. In an ancient society, one of the ways that kings often kept nations in control is you take a group, you by force, you would take a group of people from their lands and move them to a different place so they don't know the language, they don't know the, the terrain, they don't know the seasons, they don't know the, they don't have food, they don't have show, you know, they don't, they don't have nothing. And you take from another group and you put it on that land to keep them from revolting too. So you swap lands. Um, and so you have, so they become docile that way because they're just worried about survival, not about revolting. That's pretty common practice. So that's kind of what's happening here is he's taking some of the people from Israel and he puts them in his, in, in, in his lands. And, and he took, uh, it says that he took all the vessels of the temple um, and uh, um, he took, some of the royal family in verse 3 it says that in chapter 1 verse 3 it says he took some of the royal family um, and the, the phrase uh, when he says the royal family the phrase there is actually the seed of the kingdom um, that's interesting the seed of the kingdom we don't talk like that uh, but the imagery is that it's, it's the you know it, we can track the image of the seed of, of, of Adam through this language um, and he lay uh, the temple where the, uh, um, and so, um, yeah, so he begins uh, um, with a series of tests. You guys remember the, the test, right? Uh, he tests the royal seed, and uh, he takes them into the belly of Babylon uh, to test their loyalty, and um, it's, the, you know, that first chapter is all about, everyone knows that first chapter, right, where Daniel, will he eat the forbidden fruit or not, food or not? Um, uh, will he stay inside the kosher laws? Um, given in Leviticus, and so he says, listen, I'm going to go vegetarian, and, and I'll just eat veggies and water, and, and his friends, and he has three friends with him, and, and they, they stay off, and they're, they're healthier, um, but all that is kind of like little verbal, there's all, in that whole passage, there's little verbal um, hyperlinks. Remember those, that word hyperlinks where we're like going to a different place? There's verbal hyperlinks to the Garden of Eden throughout that whole process um, that we miss a lot in, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not going to go through each, you know, we're just, I'll, just tell, I'll tell you it's there. <laughs> and um, we don't really have time to unpack it all, but... Um, but it's like, here's, so, but, the, the, but the idea is like, here's a human who um, 
who will trust God even when he, it doesn't make sense to trust him. And, um, and we've, we, you know, um, oops, there we go. Go back to that image. Um, and as we watch Daniel unfold, we're going to, it unfolds in, in six episodes and they mirror each other. Um, chapter two matches chapter seven, chapter three matches chapter six, chapter four matches. This is the same kind of imagery that we see in Genesis chapter one. Um, so you're seeing like this, like, like these, these cues. We're going to go back. Um, so, um, you know, and, and chapter two is an interesting chapter. We have this imagery of image in it. Uh, you guys remember chapter two, the, the king of Babylon has a dream about a big human image. Um, and, um, and the same word, the Salem. Remember we talked about the word Salim? Uh, this is actually an Aramaic word, but it's the same, same word. Uh, uh, Selim, a, a big human image, and it, it represents the kingdoms, the ruling kingdoms of the empire, and and um, and they're all corrupt, and they're you know they're 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 really corrupt. And in, in the king, the king's dream that this huge rock or this meteorite comes out of heaven and smashes the building and it crumbles, and um, and Daniel says, "Sorry, king, you know one day you're you know you're the the head of gold on top and." Um, the head, you know, the highest point, you know. Um, interesting enough, the same kind of imagery takes place in when you're the head of that is the same kind of imagery that takes place in Genesis chapter 11 with the Tower of Babel. Like I said, we don't really have time to, to unpack all this, but uh, there's the same kind of imagery that he's the Tower of Babel. You know, and he's now the new Tower of Babel. He's at the head, and God's going to smash it just like he did the the Tower of Babel. He's going to smash you, King. Um, and uh, so, um, and, and interesting enough, the King Nebuchadnezzar, he falls face down and worships um, Daniel. That's not really how that's supposed to go, is it? Uh, <laughs> um, and gave orders uh, uh, to present offering and incense to him. Um, uh, so he bows down and worships the royal seat. Um, and, you know, we can say, well, is this wrong? Well, he is a pagan king. It's not like he's becoming a Christian or a Jew or anything like this. This is, um, this is just how he would have thought. Um, so, um, so, but he's, you know, what I'm saying is he's, he's, God brings the royal seed to the forefront, and and it you know the wisdom of that bears on the king, and and he, and, um, and so, um, but we we get ins- uh, but he gets inspired by the but the, the but then um, Nebuchadnezzar gets inspired by the the dream and decides he wants to build a big statue. Um, I think this is the wrong takeaway he was supposed to get, but this is what he goes. Uh, <laughs> And, um, and he says, hey, guys, you, wouldn't it be really cool if there was a huge Salem in my image? Um, you know, that Salem, that statue, that idol in my image? Um, 
you know, to reach the top of the skies, and my Salem will be everyone, and, and everyone has to bay down to my Salem. Um, and of course, then we have that story where three people don't, um, which is the inversion of the end of Daniel chapter 2. You know, they're, so they're tossed into the fire, and they're delivered through the fire by eleva- uh, um, and then uh, elevated by the king. Um, and then Nebuchadnezzar has another dream, and um, he's the dream. He sees a, a, the tree of life, really. He sees the tree of life. And on this cosmic mountain, and is giving fruit to the nation. Um, and this is imagery that was taken, the, the word in the Hebrew is taken straight from Genesis. Um, and so he says, you know, if you don't show mercy on the poor and your widows on your hand and in your land, humble yourself before God, you've done, the, your tree is getting chopped down. That's dream, right? Yeah, this, this is another dream that he's having. You're going mean, to get banished into the wilderness and you become an, uh, uh, an animal. And you'll be on the same diet as the animals in Genesis chapter 1. Um, um, so until that happens, you know, that does happen. He becomes animal-like. If you follow, if you, if you believe in werewolves, they say this is one of the first examples of werewolves. Um, I don't. But that's what they say. Some people say. Um, but, um, but until he humbles himself and... Um, And then he becomes, and then, you know, of course, he's going to eventually fall, and the king of Persia is going to come in there and make law that everyone must pray to him as God. Daniel's not going to do that. Um, but God delivers him from the beast and exalts him to a higher ruler. See, like, all this stuff is, like, the same imagery that Genesis chapter 1. Um, this whole thing is meditation on the distorted human images and the human's... when. Uh, be, when they when they acknowledge God, they're lifted up. But when they they don't, they become less than the image. They become uh, sub, more like animals. Um, I, I think there's something we could say there, right? When we recognize God, we become more like humans. And if we don't, if you say, "Well, why is the world acting like this?" Well, it's because they're becoming more like the animals. Being represented, absolutely, these are the, they're becoming more like the animals. And one of the funniest things I heard in defense of homosexuality was, well, the animals do it. That's not a positive. <laughs> That's what the Bible says is a negative. The animals do it. <laughs> so you're saying you're just becoming more like an animal. You're supposed to be a human here. <laughs> um, and um, but um, but Babylon is um, um, but you know when and uh, uh, when Babylon elevates the the royal seed, it's saved and it does well. Um, and we see the same kind of imagery in like Daniel chapter seven, um, when um, those crazy mutant beasts come. Um, each one of them symbolizes human kingdoms. Um, so, and there's four statues, um,
The fourth beast appeared frightening and dreadful and incredibly strong with huge lion teeth and it devoured and crushed and trampled as his feet whatever he left and all the beasts before it and had ten horns. Um, anyways, um, we're, we're seeing a lot of the same imagery that is in Genesis chapter 1 here. Uh, but it's terrible, these, 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 this iron teeth, uh, the devouring and trampling and stamping. It's, it's metaphorical imagery um, when humans define themselves and their own creation structures. We become less than humans. We're, we're like these dreadful beasts. Um, I think, and, and he's really playing, Daniel really plays off the image of God versus the image of when we're not the image of God. In this, in this book. Uh, we become a monster. Um, and a group of people. What group people will do to each other when they're not the image of God? Oh my goodness, we kill each other. We, 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 oh yeah, we're being good to each other. No, we're not. So the person is nice. People are, are, are violent and cruel. And, uh, there's that saying, right? Um, we can be. When we're not representing God, we're not the image of God, we become the worst of all animals. So, yeah, so, um, so, yeah, so this, this ancient, uh, you know, and, um, and, and like, Let's keep reading in Daniel chapter 7. As I kept watching, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat, and clothing was white like snow, and his hair on his head was the whitest wool. His thrones was flaming fire. It was wheels were set afire. Um, this figure of this eternal one, he's above. He, he's like snow, hair on his head like wool, thrones with flaming wheels, wheels of fire, rivers of fire. Um, we actually saw some of this imagery already. Remember Psalms uh, chapter 36? <coughs> when um, out of the holy temple, the river of life flows. Um, but when God comes to consume the corrupt humans, the structures, the river becomes fire. And so it's no longer life-giving. It's burning and cleansing and... Um, he's going to pour out his and consume everything that destructs and dealing with death and it's, it's kind of this inverted river of life. We have this river of life that flows from God. When we are his image, we have this river of life that flows out and we have life and we have, when we're not, the river inverts and we have like this destruction. And bring, um, uh, where are we at? Verse 10. Uh, a river of fire was flowing and coming out of the presence. Thousands upon thousands served him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was uh, convened and the books were open. Uh, we have this heavenly council. The divine council sits all around him. The stars, the, the heavenly beings, the court uh, set. God is going to render his justice on the monstrous human history. Um, and so what happens to the, the, the beast? Well, it's slain, and it's thrown into the river of fire. Um, 
Uh, I continued and watched the vision of the night, and I looked with clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came to the ancient days and presented before him. Um, someone is on the clouds, and it's coming in the royal temple throne. Uh, interesting enough, son of man is Jesus' favorite way of referring to himself. And he's claiming when he does so, when, when the authors are doing that, they're not saying, they are saying, well, he's mortal, he's fully human, fully God, but they're claiming this imagery. They're not just, it's not just saying, oh, well, he's a human. They're saying he's this character from Daniel. There's a reason why he uses that. It's, they're saying he's this character from Daniel. Um, the one who he was given dominion and glory and a, a kingdom so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him, his dominion and everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom will, be, will not be destroyed. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're saying... Um, yeah, so we, we've seen this this river, this 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 imagery where the royal seed is lifted up when we follow Christ. But it's but when kingdoms that are not being the image of God, they become monstrous and and um, and and destroy. And God is going to destroy them, and um, because they've given up their role as the in, embodiment of the divine rule uh, to become animals. Um, this one about this one of the curses that Paul addresses in Romans, he says they start and they remind us they started on womb and they start worship the creation instead of creator. Mm. Absolutely. Um yeah. Um Matthew twenty six. Jesus was silent. And the high priest said to him, I put you under oath by the living God that you tell us if you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, you have said it, but I tell you, from now on, when you see, when you see the Son of Man, see he's claiming that imagery from Genesis 21, sitting at the right hand of the power coming on the clouds of heaven, claiming that imagery from Daniel chapter 7. Uh, Jesus standing on, on um, before the high priest. And the high priest says, you know, hey, tell us the truth. Um, yeah, and, but, uh, and, and, uh, and Jesus is clearly claiming to be the one who's going to ascend on the clouds. And he's uh, ascending on the cloud doesn't make, uh, so, it, you know, he's... Um, so if, if he's the one sitting on the cloud, who's the high priest? What is his role in Daniel chapter 7? He's the monster. <laughs> the high priest would have picked up on that automatically. We're like, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't study it like the same, with the same thinking they do. We've got TV. Um, but yeah, but he, he would have automatically said, well, if you're the one on the cloud, who am I? I'm the monster. Um, 
And so, um, yeah, that's... <laughs> um, Yes, he's going to have him killed for a reason. You don't, you don't talk to the high priest that way. That's blasphemy, right? Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, this, this is the kind of stuff that gets Jesus killed. Um, you know, he's the, so he calls, you know, so, um, you know, and so when, uh, when we go on and we talk in Paul's letter, right? We were talking about Paul's letter, right? When Paul says that we're supposed to be tra- we're supposed to, uh, to, f- to follow Jesus is to be transformed into his likeness, it means we're supposed to be renewed into the image of God that was lost in Genesis chapter one. So um, yeah, and so it's all throughout the Bible we're seeing this the same, the same from Genesis chapter one, we're seeing the same. We're to be renewed into that image. It's 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 amazing as we transfer that that image of likeness that that not just like hey we're like God because we have laughter or community or whatever, but we're supposed to be His idol, His representation. His we are to be God on earth. We are to be the the kingdom, and He makes His temple in us. I mean, He's living in us. He very much is here. And we're supposed to be the ones who represent him. Um, that's one of the reasons why I was like, when I was getting attacked on social, I was telling you guys about that social media clip. Uh, some of you weren't in here. On, uh, on to, uh, uh, today on social media, I got blasted because uh, people were uh, saying that I, and all of you, are going to hell because I use a tablet. Um, um, uh, instead of a, a paper Bible. Um, and I was like, I, it doesn't make sense to me. But I'm, you know, I'm not. I don't, I don't need you guys to go out and defend me on social media. That's not. Right, New King James. Um, I don't need you guys to defend me or go out and blast these people or whatever. That's. I know. I really would. Um, but that's. But but the idea is, 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 is you know, those kind of images, those kind of fighting within each other, we're not representing Christ. We're, we're, we're fighting. We're, that's, not, that's not Christ-like. That's, that's, that's Jewish. We're more, like, we're more like the high priest. We're more like the monsters. Um, is that I don't think so. I think that's just social media. They're, social media is social media. In my opinion, on social media, that's them commenting like that is fantastic because it's if the algorithm that Facebook, YouTube, Instagram use. They don't care what you say. They just look at the is people interacting with your stuff. So the more people that interact with it, good or bad, it means it's shown more. Um, I don't care, <laughs> but um, yeah. I don't, uh, but, but what, I, what, I, what I am saying is, is that when we behave like that, we're not acting like the image of God. No, I don't. I don't respond to these things. <laughs> Responding on, on, I'll give you guys some heads up for your Instagram when you know you guys are on Facebook. When you respond to these people, you just give them fire to, to go back at you and they're just going to, because you're not going to change their mind. Well, you're not going to change their mind. That's just not how that works. 
Um, they're going to say what they want to say, and there's, that's all there is to it. Well, it just like I said, it's it's just. But what we should be doing, even on our social media accounts, is we need to be representing the image of God, and uh, that can be hard to do. As we talk about the, how do we represent God, even on these platforms? I mean, do we just put scriptures? Well, that can be good, but you know, sometimes we use those scriptures out of context. <laughs> um, well, does it work? Um, so these things, things we, we, these, this, this, it is a struggle that we have to be constant in prayer and transforming of our mind to represent, be the image of God. And uh, it's been a challenge because we are less than human. It's been a challenge since we fell in the beginning as we try to get back to that place. We're always trying to get back to that place. We're a work in progress, absolutely. And so we're trying to get back to that point. And we're trying to get back to that point. Absolutely. You can't get upset with them. They're trying to represent God. And they're, you know, I, I disagree with them, but they're trying to represent God. Um, we can have an actual conversation, but Facebook isn't the place for that. Or they're not, you know, who actually interacts with a real conversation on Instagram or Facebook? That's not what those are for. <laughs> um, yeah, I do remember actually calling people. I hated it. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those, you know. Just send me a text. I'm <laughs> I'll see you in person. <laughs> um, all right. Well, it is 7 o'clock, so it is time for us to close. I know you guys are restless. You stuck with me through the image of God. We've got one more thing to talk about in Genesis. We're going to talk about seven and eschatology, the uh, time, really. And, you know, we're going to look at the seasons and the festivals and, and all that stuff, and I'll try to make that Okay, uh, probably two weeks, but try to get it to one. We'll probably take two weeks, um, and then we'll be done with Genesis chapter one. So you guys are doing, you've done great. I applaud you, um, sticking with me this long. Um, all right, but let's go ahead and pray, and we'll be dismissed. Uh, Father God, Lord, we praise you today, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity, Lord. We pray that we may be your representation, Lord. Lord, I know I say things like about this, you know, about people online or whatever, but I know that they want to represent you too, Lord. So I pray that you continue to, to, to bless us all as we try to represent you. Lord, I know that there are things that, that, that they struggle with, things that I struggle with, things that we struggle with, as we, we need to, 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 what does it mean to represent you in each situation? How can we do the best job we can? So continue to, to grow us and transform our minds so that we may be the best representation of you we can. That as you live within us, we want to be your Salem. And so recreate in us that Salem. Lord, we look forward to that time when you re, uh, give us a new heaven and a new earth and, and return us to that state of Genesis chapter 1. 
as we are we're looking forward to that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yeah. <laughs>